Hello and welcome to AutoLine This Week. What you see behind me here is the city skyline for Nashville, Tennessee, because today's show is all about Nissan and its corporate headquarters for the Americas is right outside the city. On today's show, I'll be talking with Bill Kruger, the vice chairman of Nissan Americas, as well as Susan Brennan, the vice president of manufacturing for the company's operations in Smyrna, Tennessee. And in just a moment, I'm going to take you for a brief test drive in the brand new 2013 Nissan Altima. Underwriting for AutoLine this week is provided by... We are IAC Group, a global tier one supplier of vehicle interior solutions that span the rapid, ever-changing needs of today's industry. From interior design and engineering to manufacturing and delivery. IAC, our heritage, your advantage. We're at Nissan's headquarters right now in Nashville, Tennessee, and with me right now, too, is Vishnu Jayamohan, product planner with Nissan, and behind us is the brand new Altima, and boy, what a stunning statement this is. What did you guys really try to achieve with the styling of this car? Well, John, what we really try to do here is make the car appear a lot more premium uh, for the midsize customer. We benchmark premium cars both in the driving dynamics and the actual visual appearance of the car itself. So how do we achieve a premium appearance? Well, it's a couple things. One, it's the proportions of the vehicle itself. It's slightly longer, slightly wider, gives it an overall more flowing look. The other thing is the panels themselves. We use a deep draw stamping technique. So if you look at this fender, for example, there's a lot of complex shapes within the fender. A lot of contour in it. Absolutely. Then that helps light play over the fender in a certain way, give the car a very premium ambiance. And what about inside? Inside, John, if you look in here, we've got uh, a very premium interior appearance perforated leather seats, a woven headliner, wood grain trim on this uh, tan leather model. A couple of features that I wanted to point out to you that are very premium and uh, segment first, in fact, are this display right here in the center. This display is what we call the advanced drive assist display. It'll be standard on every model and it'll tell you navigation information, tire pressure warnings, audio information, and so on. So it's a great way for the driver to get information without taking their eyes off the road. It was actually based on research that was done that showed it improved recognition time by 10, 10 times better than, than looking down at a center stack. And you've got great connectivity in this car too. Tell us about that. Absolutely. We've got Pandora integration in the car. We've got hands-free text messaging assistant. So if someone texts you, the car will read out the text aloud loud to you and you can actually respond back by voice. So a lot of uh, new connectivity features that enhance our customers' experience and help them bring their smartphone integration into the vehicle. Okay, Vishnu, show us the camera because everybody in the industry is talking about what Nissan did with the rear backup camera. Absolutely. So the camera over here is a world first. It actually has four functions in one. So apart from being a traditional rear view camera, what the camera also does is, showcase, is monitor your blind spot. It's looking at the lines on the road for lane departure warning and it does moving obstacle detection as well. And there's one neat trick to the camera. In case the lens gets dirty, there's a world's first rear camera washer. It actually squirts a little drop of water on the lens, followed by the compressor that blows that off and cleans the lens for you. It's all operated automatically. You've got a great fuel economy and value story in this car too, tell that. Absolutely, so this will have best-in-class fuel economy at 38 miles to the gallon highway. So it's a figure that we're extremely uh, proud of. It was achieved through having the lightest vehicle in the class and a lot of or holistic improvements to aerodynamics, mass reduction, rolling resistance, and so forth to achieve that. The other thing is, despite the, be the good efficiency, we've also got best in, uh, what we're projecting to be best-in-class acceleration. So we're projecting it to be better than our major competitors in acceleration as well, ma maintaining that fun-to-drive Nissan DNA. The last part of the story is the value. 
we wanted to make sure that in creating a premium car that we didn't price it out of range for the customer. So this car in a volume SV level is going to cost $24,100. And at that level, you're going to get a lot of premium features. You're going to get a rear view camera. You're going to get dual zone climate control, remote start, the advanced driver assist display, the Nissan Connect system with the hands-free text messaging and the Pandora, and a lot of premium features that lend an overall upscale ambiance to the vehicle. Well, Vishnu, thanks for a quick overview of the new Altima. Absolutely, John. Thank you for your time. Sitting down right now with Bill Kruger, the vice chairman of Nissan Americas. And Bill, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, great. Well, welcome to Smyrna, Tennessee. Uh, it's, it's great to be here on a beautiful sunny day. Say, you've worked with Harley-Davidson, General Motors, Toyota, and now Nissan. You see any real big difference between the different companies? No, you know, the, I think the industrial side of the business has, has improved across most of our competitors, as well as we've seen that the improvement overall in manufacturing quality is, is pretty much stabilized within the North American environment. I imagine though you've seen changes at Nissan, you know, because the company's very different from the company it was just about a decade ago when it was almost on the verge of bankruptcy, really. You know, we, we have become much more competitive. We've improved the quality of the products that we're delivering to our customer. And I think we've focused a lot more on our internal talent training and developing the team that we have here, both at the Smyrna plant, our Deckard, Tennessee facility, our Canton, Mississippi plant, as well as our plants in Mexico and Brazil. I imagine as painful as it was, going through that, that incredible turmoil really made the company stronger. I think when you go through adversity, you either you know, really suffer and collapse, or you do find strength and you find opportunity. And it certainly helped us accelerate some of our competitiveness, uh, both out of necessity, but because I think it really exposed where we had opportunity that maybe without the economic downturn, without some of the, the struggles that we've been through, we wouldn't have found. As I mentioned, you're the vice chairman of Nissan Americas, North and South America. Some companies have a similar kind of a structure. Others separate the two, North and South America, because they're such distinct markets, different kinds of products, different way of marketing to the consumers and the like. Do you find that kind of a schism between the different duties that you have? Um, we do focus uh, our, a lot of our marketing on the local markets. So we, we share best practices when it's available in the back office, in our industrial footprint, because we're making products in the U.S. plants and we're making products in the Mexican plants that we distribute across the region. So it's important to understand what is the customer expectation. At the go-to-market phase though, we do have individual leadership and focused on those individual markets because even within the United States, you have to go to market and have a marketing campaign that's a little different in the South, the Northeast, the Southwest, and, and the same is true when you cross you know, country borders and you cross cultural borders like we do have in the Americas. There's no secret that Nissan, like other Japanese companies, are moving production and other capabilities out of Japan because of the very high strength of the Japanese yen. Specifically to Nissan Americas, what additional duties or capabilities are you guys taking on? Well, we're localizing more products, we're localizing more of the content, and we're really encouraging and helping support our supply base to do the same. 
And really, strength of the yen has been uh, certainly a catalyst to localize, but as we see the Japanese market not growing to the extent that outside of Japan in some of the developed developing countries and even the developed countries, there's much more demand uh, as, as a, a function of much greater cost that needs to balance out the revenue. And, and in Japan, the, the marketplace is pretty stabilized and we don't want to have too much supply sitting where we don't have as much demand. So that's really within Nissan what we're trying to balance so that we don't have to get up every morning and see what the exchange rate is to start making strategic decisions that we can make them based on the market that we're sourcing in, we're uh, creating and manufacturing in, and we're selling in. Nissan, of course, is uh, increasing its manufacturing footprint in the United States and Mexico, where you also have big manufacturing facilities. Uh, is this really just growing the overall size of Nissan sales? Is it displacing imports from Japan? What is the balance there? It's a little bit of both right now. Um, certainly the footprint that we have within the Americas is growing because of the demand and the TIV within the Americas is growing. At the What's same, the TIV? The total industry volume. So we're seeing that the recovery from the recession, the development in countries in South America, Latin America, that the industry volume is growing. At the same time, our share is growing. So we expect to have much greater demand here within the region. So we're gonna to have to localize more supply and grow more supply to meet that demand. Nissan has been very successful, but maybe not so much in the full-size truck and SUV segment. A couple of years back when Toyota and Nissan both entered this segment, a lot of people thought, okay, well, this is the last bastion of Detroit. Now they're gonna cede that to the Japanese. Hasn't really happened. Why is that and what are you doing to fix that if you can? I think that they're very competitive. I think the domestic manufacturers did focus a lot of their energy on making a competitive full-size pickup truck, competitive full-size SUVs, um, and it is a tough market. It is the last uh, market, like you mentioned, but I think that's where we're finding the toughest competition. Now you have expanded the model range of that platform. You had the pickup truck, had a couple of SUVs on it. Now you're getting into the commercial van market too. Is, is it working for that platform? Yeah, the commercial uh, van market and really commercial vehicles in general are something that globally Nissan has as a global strength. Um, we're selling commercial pickup trucks in Mexico. We dominate the Mexican uh, commercial market. We expect that it takes time though to get inroads with both the, the fleet operators as well as convince the uh, individual consumers that are using commercial vehicles not as a luxury item but as a tool. And cost of ownership, reliability, that's something that you have to market and develop over time. And, and that's really, we see this as a marathon for commercial vehicles and we're, we've invested for the long haul to have a, a stake in the U.S. commercial van market. Okay, I'm going to ask you the same sort of questions, but at the other end of the market, instead of big commercial trucks, let's go down to the electric car, the mm -hmm. LEAF. Behind us here, you're putting in the facilities to have a battery mm. plant and be able to build the Nissan LEAF in the United States. Sales are running somewhere in the three to 500 a month, but once you get this plant done for the LEAF, 
Looks to me like you're going to have to sell 10,000 a month to overtime fill up what the capacity is. How are you going to build sales up to that level? I think, you know, we started out with limited capacity and we really couldn't put all the marketing power behind the Nissan Leaf because we had one source that was constrained supply. I think you're going to see a shift in the way that we go to market. We've already got new uh, media campaigns out there talking about the practical side of owning a Nissan Leaf, the the cost of ownership, the the convenience of fueling up at home while you're sleeping and not having to go and fill up at the pump or put money into the tank every day when it really costs just a fraction of that to, to get electric power uh, translated to the batteries. So I think that go-to-market shift is going to take place later this fall, but we want to ramp it up to coincide with the ramp up of the output here in Tennessee. Even so, uh, a few hundred a month, and when you look at the other electric cars out there, semi-electric, whether it's uh, the new plug-in uh, hybrid from Prius, Toyota Prius, or the, the Chevy Volt, or the Mitsubishi i, very small numbers. So how do you get from a few hundred or even a thousand a month up to 10,000? I think you gotta, you gotta stick to it. You gotta continue to deliver the message. You have to find those testimonials because the people that have bought the Nissan Leaf tell us that they love it and they couldn't imagine going back to the internal combustion engine. Those were the early adopters. I think now we need to translate that message across a, a bigger scope of the marketplace and grow that segment of zero emission all electric. Okay, let's put this all together with what you've been talking about. Toyota has been the number one import brand in the American market for some time now. Used to be years back, Nissan or then Datsun was number two. Honda surpassed the company. You see a shot at getting back to surpassing Honda and really going after Toyota based on everything that we've been talking about? Well, the U.S. is one of the few markets where Nissan does not have a leadership position over Honda. And I think with the product offensive that we have coming out, five new models in the next 15 months, they're all poised and positioned to take a bigger portion of each of their segments. Historically, the Altima has been our high-volume bread and butter, and we've been able to go head-to-head -head with our biggest competitors. This past year, we were number two with the Altima. With the launch of our new core models that we have coming out, this year, out of Smyrna alone, we're gonna be launching the Pathfinder. In Mexico, we'll be launching the Sentra, and next year, we'll be launching the Rogue. We're positioning ourselves, I believe, where we'll have local production, we've got the credibility of high quality from our workforce, and I believe the volume is gonna allow us to really earn a share position in the marketplace that we've earned pretty much everywhere else but the U.S. Well, it's going to be exciting to watch. Bill Kruger, thanks so much for sitting down and talking with me today. It's been You're terrific. welcome. Thank you. Nissan has never really had a car that could take on the two top best-selling automobiles in America, the Toyota Camry and the Honda Accord. So for 2013, they completely redesigned the Nissan Altima to take on those two cars. I want to go for a test drive and see how this thing measures up, and I want you to come along with me. Well, now that we're underway, one of the first things that strikes me about this car is it feels much bigger than the old Altima. In fact, this feels more like 
the Nissan Maxima one size up than it does the old Altima. And when I sort of glance in the back seat there, I can see there's plenty of legroom for anyone in the rear. The other thing that I really picked up on is this is a quiet car. Here we are cruising at 70 miles an hour and talking in a very normal voice. I like the way that they've quieted this thing down. And one of the other reasons why it is so quiet is at 70 miles an hour, the engine's turning at maybe 1,750 RPM. That's much slower than most cars travel at or the engine turns at. And that's thanks to the continuously variable transmission or CVT that they've got in this car. It allows the engine to turn slow, which keeps the car quiet. So when you put it all together, the fact that this is a big, comfortable, quiet sedan that gets good fuel economy, Nissan finally has an opportunity to really take on the two top dogs in the family sedan segment, the Toyota Camry and the Honda Accord. talking right now with Susan Brennan, the Vice President of Manufacturing here at Nissan in Smyrna, Tennessee. Susan, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Well, thank you, John, and welcome to Smyrna. It's good to be here. You know, I came down here close to when the plant first opened. When was that? The early 1980s? It was the very early 1980s, 1982, 1983. And I believe, if I'm right, Nissan was the first Japanese automaker, really the first autom foreign automaker in the modern era to build a, an assembly plant in the United States. Correct. Nissan, this was the first transplant, what, what did the term transplant, um, in the U.S., so we're very proud of that. Now, back then, if I remember right, you were making little pickup trucks. You're making a whole lot more than that these days, aren't you? There's a lot of excitement. It's a very exciting time to be at the Smyrna plant. We're making all kinds of things, and you're here today for the Ultima SOP, or start of production. Yeah, but what other vehicles are made in this plant? The Nissan Frontier, the Nissan Pathfinder, the Nissan Xterra, um, as well as we make the Suzuki Equator here. We also make the Nissan Altima, which today is the Altima's big day for the fifth generation. We make the Nissan Coupe, uh, the Nissan Maxima, and we're very proud we make the Infiniti JX, and that's started production in February. That's an amazing array of vehicles because everyone's talked about the need in the industry of having plants that are very flexible to build all different kinds of models, and wow, are you doing that ever? Yeah, based on my experience, this is an amazingly flexible plant, and the one thing that I didn't talk about is at the end of this year we will be adding a new Pathfinder and we will take the existing Pathfinder and it will move to the Canton, Mississippi plant and then at the end of the year we launch the new Nissan LEAF and all of these products will be going down one of two production lines so it's an extremely flexible plant. So that's going to be very exciting not only are you building all this variety of models soon an electric car will be built here as well. We are very excited about the electric vehicle and right behind you in this behind this building that you're sitting in front of is the new battery plant and that will also be opening later this spring and summer and um, will be the largest lithium-ion battery plant in the world. So we're very excited about that. It's a great time to be at Smyrna. It's a great time to be at Nissan. It's great to see that the plant's flexible, but that's got to be an amazing amount of complexity. How do you make things simple or can you even do that? The plant does need to manage an enormous amount of complexity, but we consider that a very important competitive advantage that we are able to manage so much complexity. And we use um, what we call line-side kits, so the carts come to the operator and the operator picks the parts from the kit as opposed to turning around and having to have a span an entire assembly line to say, you know, if you have a low runner or a different color, you have to walk this many feet. We have the kits very well organized. They are also designed by the technicians. So we have engineers who design them, but more importantly, we have technicians that design them. So when the part comes to the technician, they can pull it out very easily, have the right part right in front of them, and then the vehicle, they go to the next station. So they have 
a kit with all the parts they need in their station and the kits come in to match the cars coming down the line. So the kits come to match the cars down the line and once the parts are taken out for that vehicle then they advance to the next station and we kit large parts, small parts, we kit just about everything. So there's got to be a lot of activity putting all these kits together as yes, well. Yes, we have the, the, what we call the pick areas, the areas where the parts come in and the, the kit carts are picked. It's a very dynamic area. <laughs> and I got to imagine if there's any kind of a hiccup on the line or you got to pull a car for any kind of issue, then it's got to get very complicated. Yeah, it, it's very important that we stay in sync and that we have uh, very good quality moving from job to job. And in general, we really don't ever have to pull any of the cars out or the kits out. We're we, we build a very high quality vehicle here and we're very proud of that. So how many vehicles does this facility make in a year? So at the capacity of the plant is 550,000 and later this year in addition to the two launches we've had and the two additional launches we're having, um, we're also adding two-thirds shifts. So we will continue to increase capacity and that's okay. We'll, we, let, we'll let you know when those numbers are available. Okay, 550,000 you said is what it, 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 does that make that the biggest assembly plant in the United States? I believe it does makes more vehicles than any other in the country. I, I, I got to believe it. I don't know of any you, other. You that should makes know better than, than I do. So <laughs> I have to check my facts on the competitors, but I believe that we are one of the largest factories in the country. Okay. And yet you see more demand coming and you're going to three shift operations. So you're going to run this place around the clock every day of the week, every day of the year. Uh, we'll run Monday through Friday and then Saturdays as demand uh, requires. That's got to be great news for this region. I imagine you've got to hire a bunch more people to be able to do that third shift. So between the um, addition of the Altima and the addition of the JX, we started hiring in the fall of 2011 and have added over 1,000 employees. And we, with the battery plant and the expansion, that'll be about at full capacity, that'll bring about another 1,000 employees. So it's been a very exciting time. Now, some plants have said, boy, once you get to a given size, you're better off going elsewhere because you sort of suck up all the, the employment talent in an area. You haven't found that here? Um, the employment level in Tennessee, we are very fortunate. It's not as high as the rest of the country, um, but we do a lot of training, and there is a very, very outstanding workforce here. And the new generation coming in, they're, they're great. We, we're, we're learning a lot about the Gen Ys, and they do a great job. And uh, we're very excited to bring not only the talent that's in this area, but also the new generation of talent into the workplace. How do you work with the state or the region in making sure that the educational system around here is producing the kinds of skill sets that the people need to work in this plant? Because you're not just hiring them for their arms and legs anymore, right? They got to think on the job. No, absolutely. And we, we partner with the technical schools for skilled trades. Um, we partner with the high schools. We're very fortunate under the Nissan program, the Nissan Phil Philanthropic Program, education is one of the pillars. So we partner at, 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 with larger levels, with universities, and we also partner at, at uh, smaller levels, working directly with teachers in the classroom. We have employees that we send directly into the classroom. Um, if teachers call us and say we have students going to do a presentation, say, for a, for a competition, um, the directors and I will sit down and critique them. So we try to make it very, very personal. And fortunately, because the plant has such a large footprint, pretty much somebody knows somebody. Um, so we're, we're able to get a, a really good influence. Most of the directors here are from the local area, so they have a very strong influence in the community. We're members of the chamber. Um, we're, it, we're very passionate about being linked to the community here. I've heard uh, in some places in the industry that you really can't get a job in an assembly plant unless you've got post high school education. 
maybe a two or even a four a year? What's the situation here? Well, it depends. Um, the technicians on the line, we absolutely uh, need a high school diploma or a GED. And as you progress from a, to a supervisor level, our goal is to get people that have college degrees. But we do promote technicians from the floor. And we have many of the current supervisors who are in the plant started out as technicians. And we have educational assistants. And we, we absolutely encourage people to go back to school. But there's also a lot of respect for on-the-job training here. One thing that I find interesting, as you mentioned earlier, you're launching the Altima today. Job one coming down the line, and yet you haven't been shut down for weeks in preparation. It seems to me like it's like a, a baton in a relay. You're just handing off uh, the old model to the new model and keep on running. How do you do that? Well, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of preparation, and there's an outstanding workforce here. We also have the Nissan Production Way, which is very strong lean manufacturing discipline that Nissan follows. So when it comes from... In this case, the, um, when the vehicle comes to us from the design, the designs are very well done, um, very well tested. There's a lot of interaction between design and manufacturing to make sure that design for assembly and ease of manufacturing is, is highest priority. And I watched the vehicles come off Friday, and now I'm watching them come off Monday. So it, the, the lines were empty for just a few hours. It's a, it's a very well orchestrated process. Is there any overlap between the old and the new model, or it's just new from now on out? It's just new from now on out. That's uh well that includes though the Maxima and the Coupe. So so not only did we launch the new Altima, but while we were launching the new Altima, we were continuing to build the current model Maxima and the current model Coupe. So very well orchestrated. Yeah, it, Great, it is and a, there's choreography. A, choreography. It's a, it's there's amazing teamwork here. Amazing teamwork and it, it, the teamwork, the uh, the strength of the technicians that we have the plant, the strength of the the workforce that we have here. I, I can't say enough about just how impressed I am and, and how proud I am of the workforce here. I can believe it. And when you get those final production numbers, when you three shift this thing, I'm dying to learn what that is because well, we'll, that's we'll really you, impressive. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 connect we'll connect with you and let you know where we are. Susan Brennan, thanks so much for taking the time Thank to you, talk John. with me today. Really appreciate it. Great to it. speak to you. Underwriting for Auto Line this week has been provided by. We are IAC Group, a global tier one supplier of vehicle interior solutions that span the rapid, ever-changing needs of today's industry. From interior design and engineering to manufacturing and delivery. IAC, our heritage, your advantage.